Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Thursday, September 10th, and I am your host, Ian McLaren. This is, of course, a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL, and we have a bunch of Bruins news and notes to get to today, not the least of which being a hearty congratulations to head coach Bruce Cassidy for being named the Jack Adams Award winner as the NHL's Coach of the Year. We'll get into that here in a moment. But first, I'd like to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. For those of you who are new to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. And I'd like to let you know that the podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. And each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed upon subscription. Uh, you can download, listen five days a week. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can follow me at ENC McLaren, and you can also find the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. With all that out of the way, let's get to today's podcast. And like I mentioned, Bruce Cassidy is the 2020 Jack Adams Award winner. We're going to break that all down as well as take a look at Don Sweeney's comments made yesterday at a end of the season media availability. A lot of interesting things that he uh, stated in that and going to break down the main takeaways from that availability. But first, let's begin with Bruce Cassidy, the 2020 Jack Adams Award Winner given annually to the coach who has contributed the most to his team's success as voted on by the NHL Broadcasters Association. The other finalists for the award were Columbus Blue Jackets head coach John Tortorella and Philadelphia Flyers bench boss Alain Vigneault. This is the first time Cassidy has won the Jack Adams Award. He was named a finalist for the award twice uh, this year and then Back in 2018, he's the fourth Bruins head coach to win the award, joining Don Cherry in 1976, Pat Burns in 1998, and Claude Julien back in 2009. Cassidy this season helped the Bruins to the President's Trophy, which is given to the team with the most points at the end of the regular season. We all know the regular season was cut short at the time of the COVID-19 pause. The Bruins had a record of 44, 14, and 12, the only team in the NHL to record 100 points, and that was six more points than the next highest team, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the third straight 100-point season for the Bruins, their point percentage through 70 games sat at 712, which was higher than each of the previous two seasons, and they also ranked first in the NHL wins, regulation wins, and goals allowed per game. Contributing to that was uh, the fact that Boston's goalies won the William M. Jennings Award as the top goalie duo in the NHL. They allowed just 167 goals through those 70 games for that NHL best 
goals against average of 2.39 per game. Um, David Pasternak, under Cassidy's watch, also became a Rocket Richard Trophy winner this season. The first Bruins player to win the NHL's goal-scoring trophy after he tied Alex Ovechkin with 48 goals this season. In three full seasons now as head coach of the Boston Bruins, Cassidy has helped the team rank in the top 10 in nearly every major statistical category. 143 wins, which is second. 319 points, which is second. 3.21 goals per game, which ranks sixth. 2.52 goals allowed per game, which ranks first. A 24.9 power play percentage, which ranks second. An 82.6% penalty kill rate, which is tied for third. And a 50.8 face-off win percentage, which is tied for ninth. Now, typically... The Jack Adams Award is given to uh, the coach whose team kind of exceeds expectations uh, or a team who rides a hot goalie to a high PDO and attains success. Uh, John Tortorella would have been a very worthy candidate, in my mind, for leading the Blue Jackets to the playoffs despite losing uh, Artemi Panarin, Matt Duchesne, Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, among others. Uh, I think Alevino was also a worthy candidate as the Flyers certainly exceeded expectations were the top four team in the Eastern Conference during the regular season and then bounced up to the number one spot in uh, you know the round robin tournament. Uh, but I think full credit to Bruce Cassidy who has flourished in his role as Bruins head coach. I don't think I was alone in kind of lamenting the fact that Claude Julien was fired a few years ago and perhaps a bit skeptical about how Bruce Cassidy would be able to handle the veteran core, integrate some young players into the lineup, and just help the team um, maintain success and also try to reach new heights. But he has uh, just exceeded all expectations in my mind and become one of the great coaches in the NHL today. And uh, the Bruins are very fortunate to have him in the mix, uh, to be sure. After being named the winner of the award, Bruce Cassidy said the first thing he thought about was his family. Uh, it's been a long road for them. Started at the bottom in Providence, and he's just thankful for the opportunity and fortunate to get a chance in Boston. Took over coaching duties in 2017 when uh, Claude Julien was fired in his 10th season with the club. And, uh, you know, the Bruins have been to the playoffs every year since, trip to the Stanley Cup final in 2019, and hopefully uh, some success is uh, on tap for Bruce Cassidy and the Bruins. I think we all recognize the fact that he did make a, a misstep or two in the playoffs, specifically when it came to the third line against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, having Nick Ritchie in there over Bjork Stadnika. Uh, but I think we'll see some more, perhaps, uh, youth-heavy bottom six next season. And, and that's something we'll get to here in a moment as we talk about the takeaways from Don Sweeney's end-of-the-year press conference that was held via Zoom on Wednesday. Before we get into that, 
let me speak for a moment about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-run website, and they've been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, gas tank covers, even new carpet. Whether it's for a classic vehicle or your daily drive, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I found a tail lamp for my very old van very quickly. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices that you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Earlier on Wednesday, Bruins General Manager Don Sweeney held his end of the year media availability via Zoom. And there were two main takeaways in my estimation from uh, his interactions with the media. And the first, as I alluded to on the podcast yesterday was the future of Tuka Rask with the Boston Bruins. Don Sweeney said he hasn't had any conversations with Tuka since he left the bubble in Toronto prior to game three against the Carolina Hurricanes. He said they did check up on him to make sure he and his family were doing well. And the reports are that they are doing well indeed. So that's the most important thing right off the bat. He then added he has zero reservations about where Tuca will be both on and off the ice for us moving forward. He said, quote, we feel we've had strong goaltending the last couple years. We've done a good job of mapping out the health of both players and preserving when they're at their best. We continue to want to do that going forward, and I think we're in a good spot with our goaltending. We'll address needs as we see them going forward. So for next season, Tugarask remains under contract. Yaroslav Halak re-signed a one-year deal uh, to keep that tandem together for at least one more season. And again, Sweeney said he has zero reservations about uh, bringing Rask back for the 2020-21 season. He said if you look at Tuka's actual play, he's a Vesna finalist this year. That pretty much dictates everything. His own personal life, we all have matters that at times we have to deal with, and he's been given the opportunities in a couple instances to make sure he feels good on and off the ice. He's referring there to uh, a time last season where Rask uh, was given a personal leave for a few days to attend to a family matter. Sweeney said any player, manager, person involved in sport or in life would respect, has to respect, that people have to tend to their own personal business. How Rask chooses to do that is his own decision and his alone. The team provides resources for all their players to work through any issues that they may have on and off the ice and provide support accordingly. We're not going to deviate from that, he said. You have to respect his privacy and allow him the latitude to take care of it. Ultimately, it hasn't affected his play on the ice. We have good goaltending and will continue to do so. You know, obviously, the argument can be made that Rask's uh, decision did affect the team on the ice in the playoffs. Certainly, it 
it's not an ideal situation when you put a goalie in with zero experience uh, in a series against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but again, Tuca's family, their health, mental health, all that stuff comes first. And uh, I was glad to hear Sweeney affirm that and to say that Rask, of course, uh, will be welcomed back with open arms if he so chooses. I mean, it's always in his hands whether or not he wants to retire. He would be walking away from the final year of his contract. Uh, But uh, there's no indication at this point from Rask that's what he is leaning towards by any uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Sweeney did reiterate that they've got a couple of young goalies in Dan Vladder and Jeremy Swayman, as well as Kyle Kieser. Uh, the latter's coming off a back injury that uh, he will. They will all battle for playing time in Providence, up in the NHL if uh, necessary. And uh, those guys are kind of the future. Hopefully, one of them. Uh, develops strongly and can emerge as the starting goalie uh, when Rask and Halak kind of have moved on. But for the time being, those two guys are penciled in as 1A, 1B for 2020-2021. Now, the other big takeaway for me from Sweeney's uh, media availability is the fact that he did come right out and say that changes are coming for this team. Um, whether out of kind of a player decision, meaning Tory Krug as an unrestricted free agent choosing to sign elsewhere, um, but also by way of trade or internal competition, the lineup will likely look different come opening night, whenever that is, than it did uh, in the playoffs or, or certainly back to the regular season. Sweeney said there are a lot of teams that are up against the cap in a flat cap environment remember the salary cap will stay level at 81.5 million dollars for the upcoming season he added we have the space to do things that are necessary to do internally meaning re-sign restricted free agent uh, matt grizzlick and hoping to re-sign restricted free agent jake debrusque as well Whether or not we do those or execute those, that still remains to be seen. I would expect that he was including Tori Krug in that as well. He said the team is going to explore ways to improve the club between now and uh, October 9th, I believe, is when free agency begins. We're looking to make changes in our group, he came out right and said. Quote, I feel very good overall as an organization where we are and how competitive we are. But I'm not doing my job if I'm not looking to improve our hockey club on a daily basis without being dissatisfied. I know our group needs to be pushed and have hopefully some internal growth with some players that are coming up on waivers and they have an opportunity to make our hockey club. Otherwise, we make hard decisions. Free agency will be dictated by whether we make any transactions prior to that. So Sweeney is certainly leaving the door open for Uh, Trades to be made prior to October 9th. I floated the idea on Twitter of maybe even trading Tory Krug's rights to another team for a draft pick. We know the Bruins are without a first rounder. Uh, That won't be attainable in that kind of deal, but a second or third rounder would be amazing to get back for a player that won't be resigning. You do that, say, to Montreal, who has a 
plethora of picks to see if they can uh, get Tory Krug signed. That's the impetus for them to deal a pick to the Bruins in return. Um, Sweeney is hoping, like he said in there, that some of the younger group of players will step up and grab spots on the roster for next season, including Anders Bjork, who is arguably already, uh, you know, secured a spot, at least on the third line, possibly second line duties. If Jake DeBrusque is not resigned and if, uh, there's no help brought in for the forward ranks, uh, but also Trent Frederick, Zach Sinitian, Jackson Nika, uh, the latter, I think made a strong case to be on the roster. Frederick and Sinitian, uh, for sure have something to prove in training camp. Um, and if they, do step up, that could answer some questions for the team um, heading into next season. Sweeney added, there's been plenty of talk of teams trying to move pieces around and players to improve their own clubs, and we're going to do the exact same thing. You hear a lot of talk about uh, goalies moving around, uh, some players that could be available via trade, and obviously some free agents that the top guys, I don't think the Bruins will be in on for sure, but perhaps some secondary guys. He also mentioned not having David Pasternak and Andre Kasha at full strength after both missed training camp due to quarantine restrictions. So that kind of gives reason to pause and say, okay, what do we actually have here? What spots need to be filled? Is Andre Kasha the answer on the right side of the second line? And what what can we do? He said he has a good idea of how teams are valuing players on their roster if he wants to make a trade. And he fully admitted that the team didn't play its best hockey and weren't at full strength against the Lightning. And it's therefore incumbent upon him to improve the club, to assess what they have, to explore every opportunity to try to improve the roster. There are certain players he certainly wants to avoid because they're part of what they're trying to accomplish right now and in the future. That would be, of course, floating on the trade market. But he's going to explore everything he can to try to improve the club, whether via um, you know trades or free agency. But it certainly looks like he's exploring the trade market prior to free agency in order to improve the club. So those are the two main takeaways that I... Um, you know, observe from Sweeney's availability. One being Tuka Rask, certainly welcome back with open arms. And two, he's actively looking to make a trade prior to, uh, you know, the draft, which will be October 6th, 7th, and then free agency, which begins on October 9th. So uh, stay tuned. There could be some exciting, uh, exciting news for the Bruins in the, the weeks ahead as Sweeney looks to improve the roster for next season. Let's finish now with some news and notes from around the NHL, and I'll stick with the Bruins here for a moment. Uh, Fluto Shinzawa of The Athletic wrote a piece following up on Sweeney's comments made Wednesday and said, uh, you know, there's a few names that Don Sweeney will have to listen to when it comes to trading. Uh, First being Jake DeBrusque, second being Brandon Carlo, third being Anders Bjork. Uh, you know, David Pasternak and Charlie McAvoy are the future of this team. Arguably, you know, the two best players on the team, um, not yet in their primes. And Jackson Nico, Yerho Vakanainen, Trent Frederick, they're likely some pretty significant uh, building blocks moving forward. Shinzawa also 
uh, floated Jacob Zborrell's name as a potential replacement for Tory Krug, not a replacement per se, but someone to take his shifts at the very least. He was Providence's best all-around defenseman before the COVID-19 shutdown. He'd have a greater opportunity to make the team if the Bruins do not resign Zdeno Chara. And, you know, Yuro Vakaninen is that main competitor as well. Seneshin will battle with Stanika, Carson Kuhlman, and Chris Wagner for third or fourth line duty at right wing. Uh, both of those 2015 first-round picks have an opportunity to make the hockey club. If they don't, then the Bruins will have some hard decisions to make about their futures, seeing as though you know we're five years now into their uh, pro careers. Elsewhere around the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning took a 2-0 series lead over the New York Islanders thanks to Nikita Kucherov's kind of last-second buzzer-beating goal against the Islanders. Uh, very physical contest. Alex Killorn is going to get a hearing for a very ugly hit on Brock Nelson. Uh, and Braden Point also left the game in the second period with an apparent lower body injury. So some concerns for the Lightning there, but it certainly looks like they are uh, very much outmatching the um, the Islanders, and the Islanders really don't seem to have much of a chance in this one. It uh, really seems like the Lightning will come out of the East, and they may have a tough time with Vegas or Dallas uh, if these injuries persist or if there's a, a pretty uh, pretty big suspension there. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said the league is still looking for an 82-game schedule for next season, but it doesn't look like the projected start date of December 1st is going to uh, happen. Uh, they are hoping that they can have fans in the stands when they reopen, but can't guarantee that'll be the case. Uh, he doesn't think it would be a problem if the league staged games next summer, pointing out the bubble situation. Uh, you know, with COVID-19 still being quite rampant, uh, certainly in the States, and, you know, growth in cases up here in Canada, uh, December 1st seems like a pipe dream, especially if they want fans in the stands. Remember, the NHL is a very gate-driven league and teams will not really survive without those tickets coming in. Uh, so probably closer to mid-January, early February, and maybe 50 to 60 games. But um, yeah, playoffs running into the summer again next year, but it's really still all up in the air at this point. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't subscribed already, please do, and you will never miss an opportunity to download the next episode. Um, I should add that today is World Suicide Prevention Day, and I just want to encourage you all to take care of yourselves, again, to take care of each other. Please reach out to a crisis line if you are having suicidal thoughts. Please check in on your friends today that you know struggle with depression, and uh, let's just be there for each other in what continues to be you know the craziest year that i can remember um, it's important to be there for each other check in on each other be kind to one another we never know what someone is going through and uh, yeah we can all get through this together thank you so much again for listening we'll be back tomorrow for the final episode of this week's you know run of episodes on the locked on boston bruins podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day